Hi, beer lovers. Welcome to today's episode. We have a great one today as we wrap up our time in Birmingham, Alabama. We are going to be speaking with the brewmaster, Luke Gardner, over at Trim Tab Brewing. And we're going to be drinking their Continuum Double IPA and their Imperial Euphora Now Berliner Weiss. These were two amazing beers to end the month with. And I think you guys are going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast and beer club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. It is our last week in Birmingham, and it is also the day before Thanksgiving, which makes this episode for some reason just extra special for me to kind of kick everyone into their holiday week and weekend. I am so, so excited. And I am not alone. I am wrapping up the month with my amazing co-host, Tim, for our last episode together. Tim, how are you? You want to say a quick hello? Absolutely. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Molly. Thank you again for having me. It's been an awesome month. I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. I'm excited for our food. I'm excited for football. But most importantly, I'm excited for these beers tonight. We have a great guest tonight, Luke Garner, the brewmaster at Trim Tab Brewing Company. Yeah, we also have some great beers, uh, as we have throughout the month, uh, but we have a lot of good 16 ounces. We saved the best for last. You know, this is the top drinking day of the year, so we're excited to bring the Continuum uh, Double IPA and the Imperial Euphoria, uh, which is a Berliner Weiss, and both of these are from Trim Tab Brewing, so we're really, really excited for these. And, you know, someone else told me that, that this was the number one drinking day of the year. I actually didn't know that, but it makes sense because you most likely don't have to work tomorrow unless you are, you know, probably working at a grocery store, healthcare provider, and hats off to all the people who are working on Thanksgiving, by the way. And I know there's restaurants open as well, but most people have the day off. So, yeah. And then you're eating super yummy hangover food. So it actually makes perfect sense that tonight would be the biggest drinking night of the year for all of our podcast members. We are recording this the night before Thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and crack open a beer. Tim, what do you say we open this continuum double IPA first? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I'm actually on the other side of the scale. I I wanted to try the double IPA first. I I love the double IPA style. And so this one uh, has been sitting in my fridge for a while. Super excited to try it out. Yeah. And a cool, like vibrant can. I mean, totally different than what we've seen. We've seen a lot of like simple, you know, can designs. This one is out there. So I love the different. I agree. I love the can art too. Ooh, I have a nice fluffy head on this. Oh, it's like a pillowy beautiful bit of nucleation yeah wow great color too i I love when you have those double ipas that are nice light in color you know you don't get too crazy but this one super hazy super you know like you said you get that great nucleation there great aeration oh Oh, cheers everyone happy thanksgiving week this is so fun Ooh. Yeah. And this tastes almost more like a hazy than a double to me. I'm getting a lot of fruit. Absolutely. I'm getting that thick, plush mouthfeel. But, you know, I find sometimes a double IPA and a hazy can sometimes 
overlap in certain characteristics, just in certain things. Yeah, and that's what uh, I was just looking at uh, because I saw the Citra, Citra and Centennial hops uh, just have one of those unique characteristics that a lot of people really uh, go to. So, yeah, one of the things you can always tell if you start looking at the hop profiles, that can kind of key you in on some of those flavors. As Molly mentioned, if you're a hazy fan and all you have around are double IPAs, you can kind of skew towards those. So great way to train yourself a little bit on some hop styles you might like. Yeah. And a little bit more about this beer. So it clocks in at 8.6% ABV. It's got 35 IBUs and it's a three on the SRM scale, which measures the color of beer. This is a wheat based double IPA brewed with some of the most sought after hops that Tim just mentioned. So it's got that Citra and Centennial and Azaka hop in it. And it really does just give this beer a very juicy kind of tropical note to it. It's also got a little pine, but definitely those citra flavors and aromas are coming through. Yeah, you can and you can smell that pine a little bit there, but definitely that tropical note. And it's just, it, it, it's so great. It's not assuming beer. You know, a lot of double IPAs kind of hit you right away. But this one, like we talked about, is more approachable, almost like a hazy uh, where you wouldn't know it was over 8%, but really, really refreshing. I agree. I mean, I do. I, I always love an IPA. I could see this going really well, actually, with the turkey kind of like a little bit of that juiciness with the savory. It's it's like almost like the cranberry and the turkey. It's almost like a similar situation there. Yeah, this is definitely a main course drink, I think, with, with that heaviness. But like you said, it also has a little bit of that sweet and citrus to kind of complement some of those heavier flavors that you might be having. I think so, too. And Tim, I'm curious, what are your Thanksgiving Day plans tomorrow? Yeah, I, I am hanging out. I'm actually currently at uh, my in-laws right now. Uh, so we're hanging out. We are going to be uh, cooking all day tomorrow, having a small assortment of friends coming over. And then um, Saturday, we're going to have our second Thanksgiving at my parents, just uh, up in PA. So a little bit of both and uh, a little bit of separate. But uh, well, yeah, looking forward to it. It's just going to be a nice long day of relaxing watching football, uh, got great beers on tap. I brought a bunch of homebrew over, so I'm super excited. How about you, Molly? Oh man, that sounds so fun. I would love to have some of your homebrew. Yeah, everyone has multiple Thanksgivings. I feel like my personal trainer that I was talking with this morning, he was like, I'm doing a Thanksgiving breakfast, then a Thanksgiving lunch, and then a Thanksgiving dinner. I was like, you're living my ideal life. Like three <laughs> Thanksgivings in one day. Like, how did you become who you are? I am, I'm, I'm hosting, Tim. Shoot me. Why did I... Why did I agree to do this? No, I'm kidding. I, I'm having some people over to my house. My mom drove in from Birmingham. As you guys know, she lives in Birmingham and it's just two and a half hours away from Chattanooga where I live in Tennessee. So she's coming and a couple other people. And I just did the pre-order from Whole Foods. Oh yeah. Hey guys, I'm a New Yorker, 12 years in New York. I use my oven for storage. So Thanksgiving's not my holiday. My holiday Fourth of July, grilling out cheap meat right. with some good beer when you don't have to fly anywhere. That's Molly and her elements. Thanksgiving, 
not so much, but I do love Thanksgiving because I love, I love food. I love beer. I love wine. I mean, it's a holiday I look forward to, but yeah, I'm hosting. It's just a small group, five of us, but like, thank shout out to whole foods for saving me <laughs> because the, the stuffing and the corn pudding looks so good in the green bean casserole. I did make my grandmother's sweet potato casserole. She always called it a yam bake, but I'm super excited for that. And I have a brown ale I'm going to pair with it. I don't know if that's going to be weird with the sweet potato casserole, but I love brown ale and amber ales with like pretty much all food. And then I have a really special Belgian triple that I'm going to open that I think will kind of go with most of it. You got to have your options open, especially for Thanksgiving. You never know what people are bringing. You never know what the dishes are going to turn out like. So yeah, ha- having multiple beers on tap uh, are, are good, good plans. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Let's learn a little bit more about TrimTab. This brewery is great. So it was founded in 2013. TrimTab focuses on really expressive IPAs, as we're tasting right now, and also experimental stouts, which is right up my alley, and fruited sours, which we're going to be tasting in just a little bit. Their motto, and I love this, it's to create a world you love. So simple, but so beautiful. I love that motto. And the folks over there believe that small things really matter and that they're responsible for the big impacts we see in our lives. Yeah. And that's really where the trim tab name comes from. And I was I was quizzing uh, my brother-in-law, who's actually a master captain. You know, he can he can basically uh, (laughs) be the captain of any ship up to these like aircraft carrier type sizes. And so uh, trim tab is actually a boating term. Uh, It's a very small kind of unassuming piece of equipment. Uh, that's on ships and aircrafts, and it's uh, like a rudder on on the larger rudder. And so you might not even notice it when you first look at it, uh, but they kind of, TrimTab uses this as a metaphor, kind of like Molly talked about creating that love and making that big impact, because the TrimTab on those rudders, either on a plane or a ship, you know, really, it, it takes almost no effort to move, but makes this huge impact. It can make these massive ships or planes move really in any way that they want. So a great message, uh, as Molly mentioned, and motto, and really kind of ties it together with that name. So TrimTab, just a perfect example of that. And I, I really love that piece. I know. I think that's so cool. My boyfriend is actually a boat captain. He did boat oh, captaining in the Virgin Islands. And I had no idea what a trim tab was. And so he actually explained that to me. And I was like, oh, it's a boat term, but also apparently can be on an aircraft. And he found this to be a very beautiful statement as well. So glad we both got captains to, to, to confirm us. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> and yeah, and really, I mean, at the end of the day, a trim tab is the actual source of how all direction and balance is achieved. And I do think that that is so, so beautiful and so cool. And I did, I loved the outside area at trim tab. I just thought it was nice and simple. They just had these nice little picnic tables While you guys enjoy the rest of this beer, we're going to share a couple fun things to do in Birmingham. 
So when the weather is warm, you will love checking out the family-owned Alabama Splash Adventure Park. So it's a water park and an amusement park, which who doesn't love that? And it's located off of Interstate 2059 in Bessemer, Alabama. So it's just west of Birmingham and east of Tuscaloosa. But it's a fun way to spend a summer day. Yeah, absolutely. And we're getting a little cold for that now, but always love the combination, like you said, of like Splash Zone and Amusement Park is is awesome. So that would be right up my alley. Uh, I know we talked a lot about the history uh, as we've gone through our Birmingham adventure. Uh, They also have some really cool haunted locations. So you can actually take a ghost tour of Birmingham. So only $35 covers the entire trip. And they really, they begin with the tales of the founding of Birmingham. So once again, tying in that history as a rough and tumble mining and mill town. And then you'll hear stories about missing children, spiteful murders, all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know if anybody, uh, you know, is into the ghost stuff. I know my sister seeks this stuff out and travels far and wide to do these ghost stores. Um, And so, you know, always a blast. I, I followed her around on a few. Let's open up this imperial euphoria now fruited Berliner Weiss. And then we'll bring our guest on after this. This one's right up your alley, uh, Molly, with the the German styles. Yep. 16 ounces of good vibes. I love that. Love that. Right there on the the can. And you don't see imperial, you don't see imperial Berliner Weiss as much. You don't. No, this is different. So I'm excited. Ah, what a great color tropical aroma right away i can hear it sizzling that carbonation cheers everyone yeah cheers this is great great color there oh like you said that's just such such a great smell such a great smell to it the berliner weiss just has that um distinctive distinctive characteristic to it that you just know that it's in there ah great color Oh man, this is passion fruit guava all the way. Oh yeah. And this beer is an 8% ABV. You know, typically a Berliner Weiss is a lower ABV between like three and 5%. So the Imperial really adds that punch to it. Just seven IBUs. It hits a four on the SRM scale. And I'm just finding this beer to be almost like island cocktail vibes. I mean, speaking of boat captains, like, can I be on the deck of a boat drinking this beer right now? I, you know, it's like, I want a hammock. I want a hammock right now. This is a deliciously tropical beer. It's so refreshing. Where's the umbrella? Yeah, this is definitely something like that fruit punch, like you said, and that passion fruit, like you can taste the fruitiness in there, but it's balanced. It, it, it's not too overwhelming. You know, I, I, myself, usually when I hear fruited anything, I'm, I'm worried that it's going to be a little bit artificial, but this mm-hmm. is just really balanced and really smooth. So I, I'm loving it. Let's welcome on our guest this evening, Luke Garner, the brewmaster over at Trim Tab. Luke, how are you? Welcome. Hi, you guys. Hey. Happy to be here. Hope everyone's doing okay. We are doing great. Yeah. Are you drinking anything fun? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm drinking Body Electric. So we just released that 
a couple of weeks ago. It was actually a collaboration with uh, James over at Two Tides Brewing. It's 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 just an awesome beer. I mean, it's higher ABV too. Uh, it's uh, Mosaic, Sabro, and Guava. So uh, we've been experimenting around a little bit with kind of melding two styles together. So uh, obviously fruited sours uh, and incorporating a little bit of hops, which is, is I know very strange, but this is kind of one of those first beers that we've, we've experimented with. So that's what I'm drinking right now. Yeah. Oh, a beautiful can art. And don't you have to add hops for it to be considered beer legally? Technically, technically. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, it, it, we could get away without it, that no one's going to come track us down and there's not brew police. You know? Yeah. There's no, there's no beer police, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Luke, what is your craft beer origin story? How did you get into brewing and beer? Yeah. So um, I'm kind of a, uh, an odd one. Uh, I've been in the uh, uh, professional brewing industry for a long time. I never home brewed um, at all. So the first drop of beer that I ever even put my hands on was in trim tab brewing. I've got a degree from Auburn, a degree in agriculture. Uh, so I actually started in a, uh, at a winery. Um, so it was actually a vineyard manager. So I was working grapes for, uh, about two and a half years. I had a full trajectory of like, you know, wine intention planned for myself after I graduated, really was set on that path. And then basically I, I moved back home to Birmingham for a little while. And I was like, well, there's not any wineries around here. So what am I going to go do? So I picked up a job at Trim Tab, uh, just starting out, honestly, just cleaning tanks, uh, not really doing a whole lot. And I was already a big craft beer fan. So that, you know, that, that was, that was easy, but really just kind of, you know, worked my way up and uh, went back to school, got a degree in advanced brewing theory from Siebel Institute and right time, right place and got the brewmaster position. So I've been, I've been in that role now for uh, about four years. So that's awesome. And you know, I like that you didn't homebrew. I actually think <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. I'm not a home brewer. I mean, I'm not a brewer, but you know, I think that there's something to that where you didn't get fixated on how it should be on your level. You just kind of went for the bigger oh, professional yeah. levels. I think that's kind of cool. And I think you're the first brewer that we've had on that started in wine. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, that, that was definitely helpful for me. Cause I mean, really, you know, I started to get, I guess, really, into the ingredient side of brewing, just coming from an agricultural background. Um, so I got really into hops, really into malt, you know, I kind of considered, you know, going that route on the ingredient side of things for a while and then found a home at Trim Tab and never left. So here I am today. Awesome. And wait, so what is the difference between a head brewer and a brewmaster? So it really kind of varies uh, from location to location. It's kind of, it's more terminology that we use just in our brewery. I, we have a head brewer that works for us. He's, he's, he's on my production team. Basically in, in our terms, a head brewer essentially just runs the brew house. Um, he's responsible for even, you know, planning the shifts of the actual brewers. Uh, he himself also does brew on the brew house as well. Um, but he does a lot of basically just the management on the hot side of the process. He orders uh, grains and malts and stuff like that. Um, and basically just ensures that the, the brew house is operating the way it's supposed to. So he's responsible for the beer on the hot side of the process. So basically 
you know, up until boil until it gets into the, the cellar. Cool. And I know TrimTad focuses on a lot of imperial styles. What do you enjoy most about brewing these robust styles of beer? So we brew a, a lot of that stuff um, because really, I mean, th- this is kind of a, a really simple and maybe dumb answer, um, but we brew a lot of that stuff because it uh, we can warrant a higher price point for it first off, which in return allows us to use different ingredients, basically. So like th- that's what really kind of motivates us. Um, we like to be very creative. Uh, we like to try to be as innovative as possible. We really get excited about, you know, using different fruits, using hard to come by stuff, combinations of things that you haven't ever really seen in beer before. Um, and really in order to do that, it gets really expensive. So we have to figure out a way to, you know, to really kind of want the price point and higher BV does it. Yeah, no, it's a business. I completely get it. And thank you for that honest answer. And I know you mentioned in an email that you guys have a full in-house lab equipped with PCR and other QA and QC toys. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So um, we're kind of different in in that that sense. We really, you know, we have a full lab. And frankly, we're we're actually probably a little undersized for needing some of that equipment. But basically, we just want to make sure that everything from top to bottom is absolutely, you know, the way it's supposed to be. We have a, a, a basically, I mean, we have we have tools and gadgets to detect every little thing you can possibly imagine in, in, in the brewery. And in fact, too, really, the guy that's had that up is um, we hired him a couple of years ago. Uh, he actually came, he was a, a, a head brewer at a uh, another brewery in Alabama. Uh, he's he's been a good friend of mine for a long time, and he really nerds out about like the science and chemistry and quality control and quality assurance side of uh, brewing. And I knew absolutely, you know, a- after you know a-, a while of knowing him, I was like, I-, I want that guy to work for me someday. We just have very compatible skill sets. And sure enough, I was able to get him on our team. And I said, basically, hey, man, here's the keys to the lab. Go crazy with it. Whatever you want. Let's just figure out a budget and, you know, we'll make it happen. So a lot of that is really just kind of, you know, giving someone the space and the opportunity and the trust and the freedom to to, to, to run away with it and, and build an awesome program. And that's what he's done. I mean, he's it's it's crazy. He 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 was he was on the phone with uh, Sierra Nevada. Uh, about a year ago. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we, we've uh, heard of them. <laughs> right. um, so he's awesome. He's great. Uh, he's definitely uh, he, he's he's definitely a huge asset to the team. But that that's that's his full responsibility, and he enjoys it a ton. So that's awesome. And yet, the lacing on this Berliner Weiss is gorgeous. I was just noticing, by the way. But yeah. I know Tim has some questions for you too. Yeah. And, well, and first, Luke, I, I just want to, I know you glossed over the fact that you went from never brewing to production brewing. And as a home brewer myself, I just want to take a few minutes to, uh, and explain to folks that that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so that, that is not something I, I, I know, like you said, that, that, that was something that obviously worked out very well. But uh, as somebody that hasn't done over 15 gallons myself, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, my heart's beating over here. So I'll, I'll definitely, especially when you're talking about imperial beers and things that are fruited sours, I mean, complex stuff. I, I'll tip my hat to you for that for sure. 
<laughs> when Molly and I were talking about, she had talked about this, this Friendsgiving. So tying in the, the Thanksgiving, I know you guys had that recently. Uh, how did that go? And any fun memories that you can share about that? So unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend this year. Um, we had some other stuff going on that night. Um, but I, this is the first year I've missed, unfortunately. Uh, but I know they had a great time. I mean, that, that, that's one of our we've been doing that event for a long time now. And really what's what's cool about it is, you know, we open the tap room and we kind of low key promote it like we don't really blast it all over social media. Um, but essentially, we invite all of our patrons, everyone to come in and basically just bring a dish. And we seriously have like the biggest Thanksgiving potluck you can imagine in the tap room. Um, so it's great. It's really an awesome opportunity to pig out and eat a bunch of awesome Thanksgiving food. Um, but that's definitely one of my favorite events. Uh, we, we do all sorts of kind of different stuff like that. Uh, we usually, you know, we have a big Christmas party every year. We typically do retreat uh, once a year as well, where we, you know, the whole team will go to lake house, beach house or whatever, um, and just have a good time. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's cool. You and in, you invite the patrons in, you know, you invite your audience and experience that with you. So definitely true to your motto and everything we were talking about earlier. So that's awesome. Let's take a beer break. So in this episode, we've been drinking some imperial beer styles. What exactly does that mean? You might see it sometimes referred to as a double. This is generally going to mean it's really strong beer brewed with more hops and more malt. It's going to have a bigger flavor and more alcohol content. And the first imperial beer was brewed for the 19th century Russian imperial court. That's where it got its name. This was for the Russian czar Peter the Great, who fell in love with the taste of English beer, especially their porters, and I don't blame him. So the London brewers wanted to ship him the beer because he couldn't live without it, but it would spoil during the long voyage. So they came up with a stronger beer that had more hops and more alcohol, and this acted as a preservative to safely get the beer to Peter the Great. I have to say, I'm kind of thankful for him because this is one of my ultimate favorite beer styles. Now let's get back to the episode. I, I was reading through and heard you guys brewed a spicy pumpkin wheat, uh, which is super <laughs> interesting. As a brewer, I, I talk to people all the time that are like, how do you control the heat in your spicy beers or where do you add those different adjuncts? And so I wanted to talk to you about the, the fresh jalapenos you had in this one. How do you control that spice a little bit? And how was the feedback on that beer? So the, the feedback was surprisingly good uh to be honest we weren't expecting a ton <laughs> it was kind of one of those beers we wanted to throw at the wall and just see if it stuck but yeah i mean it, you know really it, it kind of goes back to just trying to use different ingredients and do things that you don't really see a lot i've got we've got a guy on our team who who that's all he does is do small batch beer oh well, he, he does that excuse me he does that and he brews in the brew house um pretty consistently but that was one of his beers and it was one of those kind of weird things where we talked about it and talked it through. And I mean, really the, the, the result of it, I mean, it was actually surprisingly well balanced. I'm not huge on pumpkin beers personally, um, but I did enjoy that one. Um, so really the trick there was we used, um, we use real pumpkin puree. Um, and then uh, we've got a, a niche, Basically, he's like a fruit supplier, uh, fruit puree supplier. He supplies us all sorts of obscure ingredients 
in bulk form that we're able to use. And we've got a, a, a jalapeno puree uh, product. Um, but in terms of like dialing in the heat, that's all about experience and fill and using that product a lot because it's very easy to go overboard with it. I mean, that's the last thing you want is something that's like, you know, burning up your mouth as you're trying to drink it. Uh, habanero Sculpin, did you guys ever have that? Oh, yeah. 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 That, that, that beer was great and had great flavor, but man, it was way too damn hot. So. <laughs> feel like you're on hot ones. Yeah. yeah. I do. I love a spicy beer. I had a really good spicy pickle beer on a trip. I was at the other, the other week, but I, I understand like sometimes too spicy can be too much, but yeah, f- uh, fruit puree. You guys like that as brewers, right? Because it comes pre-sanitized. Yes. Yeah. So it's all aseptic because it's pureed. It goes in the beer uh, much easier um, especially when you're brewing beer on our scale, it's like a logistical nightmare to try to get like whole fruit in and process the whole fruit and then get it into the fermenter. So it's much easier to go, um, the pureed route, a seventy puree. And a lot of that is like finding the right places to buy the fruit from, um, because there's definitely some crappy suppliers out there. Um, but we work with a couple of really good ones who supply really good products that are excited about ingredients like we are. Uh, we've been working with them for a long time. They're all great. I mean, you know, we, we we have a lot of love for those guys. They take care of us. Yeah. And and the quality aspect that you're you're really keying in on there is important. That's why I tell people if you're you're adding something in, you want to make sure you understand the quality. You want to make sure it's not going to ruin your beer. And, and I think you can tell that with a lot of your beers. And I know that. Um, you have been voted Birmingham's best brewery for the past three years. So I'll, I'll give you <laughs> yeah. a second there. That's amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, in, in your opinion, what, what's a lead? I mean, you talked about it a little bit with the, the quality testing and the amount that you focus on the ingredients and, and really in the lab. But, you know, what, in your opinion, has really led to you being the, the leader there in Birmingham? Uh, I think it's just creativity um, and innovation. Um, and then, you know, part of that too is just customer experience. Like we are our tap room. I got to give them a ton of credit because, you know, you walk in the door and we're very intentional about creating an experience there, not just walking out of the bar, getting a beer and then turn around and go back to your table. Like, you know, we really, we really try to make an experience there um, so much so that you'll probably notice you can kind of tell in the background, this is something that's kind of uh, kind of an insider little story. We intentionally have our taps on the front of the bar, uh, which if you think about it, is actually kind of strange um, at breweries. You walk up most places and their tap wall is behind the bar. So they have to turn around. Yeah. So uh, really what that allows them to do is to sit there and pour a beer, interact with you uh, while they're pouring a beer. Um, so it's just little stuff like that. You know, we're really, you know, we really try to go above and beyond and kind of think about little things like that opportunities to talk about our brand and just create a good experience and a good environment for people to come in and and hang out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All about creating that world you love. Yeah. That's awesome. I definitely felt that when I was there visiting for sure, the woman who was just, cause you order at the counter yeah, basically, you know, so it's kind of nice. Like you're, there's no pressure. There's no pressure to have a server or anything. You know, you go up to the, to the bar and you order and they were so friendly and so helpful. I awesome. really, really remember that about my visit there. And then you guys have some nice comfy couches. 
Yeah, everything's very like, you know, thrifted, eclectic, very casual. But Luke, I'm curious. So what is your ideal day off in Birmingham? There's so much to do there. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, So again, I'm kind of weird because my ideal day off, I'm probably working in the garden working in my vegetable garden, working on my, some of my fruit, stuff like that. Um, but if I'm going to go out, my ideal night at Trimtat or at, uh, in Birmingham, I'm probably hitting up either Automatic Oyster House, Oyster Bar, uh, which is right down the street from the brewery. It's awesome. It's like very high-end oyster, seafood. Um, the chef there, he's, he's amazing. He's great. They have really awesome food there. Um, Jim Marcos is also a really great low key, small place. It's Italian food. And I know everyone kind of like rolls their eyes a little bit when they're like, Oh, I've got the best Italian food place. This place is awesome. Um, it actually has like this, uh, little wine shack back behind the restaurant that you don't have to have reservations for. You just walk in, it's first come first serve table wise. And they sell you basically uh, wine at house, at, at house cost essentially. Um, and you can order from the main menu from the restaurant. So if I'm going to go eat some food, that's definitely where I'm going. After that, I probably would go and get a cocktail somewhere. There's like, there's a shocking amount of really great cocktail places in Birmingham. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a mezcal bar. I'm actually blanking on the name right now. Pilcrow. Uh, it's actually uh, downstairs. Uh, it's, it's really great. It's really cool. Um, probably hang out there for a little while. Um, and then usually, uh, if I'm going to finish the night off, um, there's this really kind of strange place called, uh, mom's basement, which is, it's in a basement. It's actually like outfitted as if it is the basement of your mom's house. So it's got like a bunch of like really old pictures and stuff on the wall, old couches, um, all of the stuff behind the bar is all like old refrigerators and, um, it's like very casual, super fun, super cool. Um, just a fun place to hang out. They serve, uh, they serve like Uncrustables, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, bagel bites, cheese puffs, like all this crazy stuff. Bagel um, bites. I yeah, used oh, to yeah. live yeah. off of bagel like, bites. It's all like super cheap, super affordable. And you can go and get like a $3 beer there. Um, okay. so I'd probably spend my, my, the, my late night there before I finally ended up. That is so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So Luke, mm-hmm. as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Okay. Luke, your job is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? Here we go with our rapid fire questions. All right. <laughs> Multi beers or hop forward styles? Hop forward styles. Oh, all right. And how about cask ales, yay or nay? Nay. Okay. Beer you're most looking forward to drinking this winter? Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale, which is out right now. It's kind of a, it's kind of cheating there, but yeah. yes, look forward to that every year. Cannot not have that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's such a classic. Oh, I love that you said that. That just made me almost like emotional. <laughs> I love that beer. <laughs> Absolutely. And how about favorite beer and food pairing? Mixed fermentation, sour of some kind, and some sort of cheese. That's I, I don't even think that's traditional. I think like I actually feel like that's kind of a progressive thing because I feel like not a lot of people are 
pairing sour beers with stuff. I love that answer. Yeah, something that's like a little funky, uh, nice yeah. and tart, and a nice good cheese to go with that is just like it's awesome. I, I that's a very cool answer. And favorite beer to pair with Thanksgiving food. What are you drinking tomorrow? Oh man. I'm smoking a turkey tomorrow, like all day. So I'm probably going to hammer about six of these Bitburger pills tomorrow. <laughs> so honestly, tomorrow, probably that. Um, I don't know if you're talking about uh, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, I'm kind of going towards like a nice stout of some kind. Um, we'd like to do like a lot of adjuncted stouts. I think, you know, round out dinner, that big, heavy dinner with a nice, big, heavy dessert stout. <laughs> That's probably the way I would do it. Oh, I love it. There is really no wrong answer here. Oh, man, what a fun episode. This was the best way ever to gear up for Thanksgiving. Luke, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to plug? No, I mean, I just, you know, I want to encourage everyone to to get out and try to hunt down some of our beer. Um, you know, we're in a lot of places. We're in a lot of chains now. Um, of course, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, looking at South Carolina and North Carolina. Um, and go a little, little deeper down into Florida too. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, we're always trying to push the envelope and redefine what beer is and just try to stay creative. Absolutely. I went to college in Athens, Georgia. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. UGA go dogs. I think our football teams are a little bit of rivals, but that's yeah. Okay. I can't say, I can't Full say about that, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Tim, who has been by my side this entire month and has been absolutely excellent. Please be sure to tune in next week as we launch our next Undiscovered Craft Beer City. I'm going to give you a hint. This city, it's absolutely incredible, and it also surpassed Los Angeles and New York as the most ethnically diverse metropolitan area in the nation. Cheers, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at molly underscore Bruce Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.